Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 62 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course, the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thankfully, I know everybody is happy. I have a guest host again tonight, a co-host. Jeremy Lambert is back. Jeremy, how are you after, you know, leaving and abandoning me to go alone Sunday night? A co-host. The co-host. I'm I'm second in command on this show. You weren't anywhere Sunday night, so you lost that status for a show. <laughs> Uh, I was watching 90 Day Fiance on Sunday night instead of Impact Bound for Glory. So that's a much better show than Impact. I actually liked Bound for Glory. I did watch it. But if you're not watching 90 Day Fiance, everybody, get on that. That's the best storytelling in all of television. What, what channel is that even on? I keep seeing commercials for it. but TLC. I, I figured it was something like that. So. It's great. And they've got like five different spinoffs of it. It's it's amazing. There you go. I, I love shows like that. Sometimes they're great background noise. Look, if you, you saw the Leva Bates match oh, from AEW oh. Dark, the way she runs, they have a they have a guy on that show who runs exactly like her. So look, 90 Day Fiance, everyone should be watching that. Much better than Leva Bates. I, I, I wrote this and there are people that don't. Jeremy, she has been wrestling for 13 years. I didn't know that actually. I thought, like, I knew she was blue pants, and that seems like it was forever ago. But I didn't realize she'd been in the business that long because you never, like, hear of like this great Leva Bates like indie match or anything. And now you know why you never hear of these great Leva. Bates I don't think I've ever matches. seen a great match. I saw one that was really, really, really good years ago. Um, it was in the Shine Title Tournament versus Mia Yim, and I think that was the peak. All Don Hill since then, back into cosplaying and being generally not good. I think her gimmick, like the librarian's gimmick sucks, but the, the cosplaying stuff is, it has a place in wrestling. Obviously, wrestling is just one big cosplay, if we're being honest. But yeah, her actual in-ring work, eh, whew, that match was brutal. And Nyla Rose, God bless her, she tried. She's not someone who can carry... Uh, I mean, she's not going to carry a lot of girls. She's definitely not carrying Leva Well, the Bates. thing is, too, is people also forget that Nyla is, like, really green herself. So it's like, yeah, yeah she's exactly. definitely not anywhere near that position. And, yeah, that was a bad match on AEW Dark this week, a match I would not have aired personally. I would have done something else and filled that time. and That... That's the like the the big thing I've seen a lot of people talk about is like airing it. They come off very minor league and stuff, and I get that, but like it's just a YouTube thing. So you wanna if you wanna get them out there, you wanna get them out there. If that had made television, then that would have been just god awful. But for YouTube, it's fine. I don't know if I would have aired it, but this is the issue when you're not running like live events and and house shows and and stuff like that. Is you want these people to work so you've got to have them work something and AEW dark is really the only place they can work right now unless you have them doing indie matches they they should send leva to to bar wrestling and championship wrestling from from hollywood and stuff and have them and peter avalon's big in, in both of those promotions like have them work there and get some 
general experience because putting her on this show just yeah not not working send her to like the soviet union one way ticket <laughs> sure i mean yeah i'm sorry you can do dude, that. it's like i try to be nice and respectful but sometimes people are just not good yeah no, yeah, and she's she's not good. She's really she's not. It's there's no other way around it. She's she's not a good professional wrestler. So, uh, yeah, this is our this is the Wednesday Wednesday Night War reaction show, Jeremy. We're gonna break down both shows this week, and that's gonna be the big topics for tonight. We're not gonna dive into anything else. And uh, so we will start off AEW Dynamite. They had a a loaded show, tons of matches announced. We started off in the ring with the Lucha Bros and Private Party ready to go for their tag team match, Jeremy. The Lucha Bros defeated Private Party 12 and a half minutes. Your thoughts, sir? I like that they just went straight to the match. I was like 30 seconds late turning on this show, and they were already in the ring ready to go. And I was like, oh, okay, guess where this is how we're going to kick it off. I was completely fine with that. It was what you would thought it'd be from these two teams. All action. Ray Phoenix is awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'm sure you've watched the yes, Omega match from excellent. Lucha Libre. That like that match ruled. And yeah, Phoenix is great. I love Pentagon. I understand why they're a tag team. And I mean, they're they're in the finals for, for next week. They may or may not win. It's, it's really a toss-up between them and SEU. Um, I hope we get a, a Phoenix and Pentagon singles run at some point in AEW because Phoenix can, I mean, he can be the Rey Mysterio esque with the just the way he moves and, and his charisma and presence in the ring. And Pentagon for for people like me uh, and you who who watched Lucha Underground from start to finish, like Pentagon was one of the if not the biggest star of that show and the the different iterations that they did with him. Um, so so we know he can get over being a single star as well. Like Pen Lucha Underground Pentagon, one of my favorite acts in the past however many years like the, the past five years or so that that's how much i love that guy uh as far as this match great complete action private party i love them as a moves team i thought mark juan looked a little off on this one there were some moments where he just seemed like he was a little slow and his timing was a, a step behind where you didn't really see that in the young bucks match didn't like it quite as much as the young bucks match but that's not saying like that's not a negative that match was awesome and lucha brothers winning I get it. They they're building the they really built the Lucha Brothers and SEU thing. They almost tipped their hand on the tag tournament by having them attack each other the the very first week of the show and then having those attacks continue. Private Party, it felt like they almost just needed it more after that Young Bucks win though, because they had such momentum and then they lose here and it's like, okay. Now where do they go from here? The Young Bucks win is still there. Um, so I, I'm interested to see where Private Party go from here on the loss. Yeah, um, great action-packed match to kick off the show. Loved it. Um, everybody, I thought it was really good. I agree. I would love to see the Leech Bros get a, eventually get singles runs. But, I mean, I have no problem with them being an early anchor of the tag division because the tag division is stacked. Um, you know, Private Party, again, they're only going to get better. They're still young. Working with the Lucha Bros, working with the Young Bucks, working with a lot of these other guys, only going to help them out. Yeah, It kind of felt like they could have used a win, but, I mean, again, the, the Lucha Bros have been built really well. They have a win over the Young Bucks, and, you know, you want stars to anchor this division. 
and I think that they've built up well to the finals match. Uh, you know, Private Party, they they have that win over the Bucks. They lost to a team, though, that has beaten the Young Bucks, so I don't think that that's bad. It's No offense, it's not like they lost to the Jurassic Express after beating the Young Bucks. You know, they lost to a named team, so I'm okay with that. Uh, great way to open a show. Was totally fine with the cold open in order to save a little bit of time because of everything they had planned. And, uh, yeah, great way to start the show. Afterwards, we get a Wardlow video package. He is a giant hoss man that looks like he's going to kill people when he comes. Yeah, they did the video package for him at All Out, I believe, and this was the first time they brought him up since then. I I continue to think they they don't use the video packages enough, and this was really the only one we got on this show. So I thought this was a good use of a video package to remind fans that this guy is – Coming at some point. We don't know when, but some yes, point. Uh, Christopher Daniels is at home recuperating. He's okay and will be back in about six to eight weeks. Holy shit, an injury angle with somebody being kept off a of TV, Jeremy. I That's great. I, I love that they're actually doing this, and I hope he is off of TV for... I mean, I love Christopher Daniels, so if he comes back early, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't... I, I wouldn't suspect we're going to get him running in next week because maybe he comes out and celebrates if SCU win the titles. One thing uh, about this angle, since I, I didn't wasn't here last week, is you know Daniels got laid out with the, um, or maybe it was it was two weeks ago, whatever it was. Daniels got laid out with the package pile driver on the ramp and he was stretchered out and everything. And it's a good way to put the package pile driver over, but at the same time, it's like really like that's going to put you out. Six to eight weeks, all the crazy shit we see in all these other matches and this package pile driver. Like, we saw a spike package pile driver but tonight on, on uh, Marquand. Okay. The Young Bucks look, should have been dead after that tag team match. The, the, uh, they had the, they did the, uh, they did the package pile driver to, to one of the Bucks at the, the press conference. And that was on the, the stage. That's probably, I don't know if that's as hard as the ramp, but TV. nobody was. <laughs> Nobody was stretchered out there. I I don't know. I it's a good way to get the move over. I want no one kicking out of this move for the foreseeable future. Honestly, especially if they're gonna do like they did in the the private party match with the the Phoenix uh, double stomp on on top of it. Like no one should kick out. Yeah, of Yeah, I love that finish. It was really good. So uh, we got a Dark Order video package, which led to. SCU defeating the Dark Order in 14 minutes in the second uh, semifinal tag tournament match. thought it was a good match. It gets us to a final that has a story going into it. Uh, SCU are great. Dark Order can go, but the act, for me, just still isn't working, Jeremy. They they got over in this like the act doesn't really work for me either. They're called like the their their little minion guys are now called the creepers I guess so cool. Um, the crowd got into this match by the end so I will give them that. I think a lot of that has to do with SCU because they're they're really over. Yeah, Dark Order. They're good workers. We know they're good workers, but this gimmick has just fallen pretty it's flat. The Creepers, Evil Uno, Uno, and then the other evil man, Stuart. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta give him a different. Like name. I said, I just call him fucking Grayson. Just eliminate the first name. At least Grayson sounds like semi mysterious and cool. Grayson, no, it doesn't. Grayson sounds fuck dumb you. The comic are to come after you now. <laughs> 
What? Why is Grayson like a big Dick name Grayson? in the comic? Robin became Nightwing later on. Okay, that that tells you all you need to know that it's not a good fucking gimmick if okay. it's Robin. Yes, fucking but he became Nightwing Robin. later on, which was awesome. So it's still robin never to get out of here with that i had a friend named grayson in like middle school and i mean we were both nerds but that's that's why i can't well, go with better grayson than it just reminds me of a nerdy friend yes yeah, Stuart's not good either how dare you disrespect uh Stuart lang like that but it's yeah that's not a not a good name either it, it, call him just call him gray something i don't care it's just, uh, it's just but yeah the, the gimmick just didn't work and again they are very good and obviously if you've seen any of their pre-aw stuff as super smash brothers you know they're excellent and it's just not not working gimmick wise for me it's just yeah it's like the match got over by the end but i just they came out and everybody was like oh okay these guys okay hmm yeah, they haven't like they haven't been used on TV up until now. And the, did they do a video package for them in the past few weeks? I, I really can't so. they remember. They did one tonight, but right. But I mean, they did one yeah. tonight, and then they came out. Like that doesn't help anybody. Th- this is what I mean when it comes to to using video packages. I think that they they were on AEW Dark this week, weren't uh, they? Maybe two weeks ago. Like I think it was the first week they were an eight man tag. I thought they were an eight-man tag this past week, but I don't know. All those shows run together. Um, but but still, I'm not counting AEW Dark really as, as what people on TV are going to watch because it's it's not getting the same viewership numbers. I'm sure it is similar audiences and whatnot, but uh, th- this is what I mean when you can use video packages to get guys over, though, but they, they don't use video packages often enough. You knew this match was coming up. You knew Dark Order had a first-round buy. Like, you should have been putting them over more Is like, hey, they won this convoluted fucking mini-tournament that we set up to get a first-round buy for the real tournament. This is their gimmick, and this is why you should pay attention to them. But they didn't do any of that, and it made them... Like, it's not a it's not a good act anyway, but they're, they didn't really do them any favors in the introduction here. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, we can make the argument all day long for video packages. I think the biggest crime, though, on this show, four weeks in is that John Moxley has not been given a live microphone. Yeah, I guess it was whenever he faced Sean Spears, um, so like two weeks ago. And no, 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 it, it was last week. It was last week's show uh, when they did the tag match. And like he does his entrance and then they do the little picture-in-picture picture where he cuts a he cuts a promo. And like it was a fine promo. The problem was it was a very similar promo to the one they put up on Twitter the 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 hours before the Sean Spears match and that promo ruled where he's like storming into the arena going through security he's he goes into the ringside area he looks around at the empty crowd and stuff and he just like cuts this awesome promo of like you know you keep criticizing me and shit. You call me weak because I couldn't make it. Now I'm fucking here and I'm ready to destroy all you fools. And I was like, yeah, th- this John Moxley, this is the Moxley that I've fallen in love with over the summer. And like that should have aired on television. And it didn't. Like it was it was just on social media. And they did a watered down version of that for, for Moxley last week. And I mean, he still isn't talking. It's It's weird. And this is the problem. 
I, I understand they want to be a lot of wrestling and a lot of action. You got guys who can cut promos. You you can do like we, we watch Being the Elite. We know these guys are very charismatic and good, you know, wrestling actors and, and you, you got to give them some type of microphone time like that. And whether it be with video packages, whether it be interviews with Shivani, which they, you know, they did that the first week and we really haven't seen that since. And yeah, they've gone away from that. It's been just like wrestling after wrestling after wrestling. And that's cool, but you got to let some of this stuff breathe sometimes. Especially when you have guys like, you know, we had that awesome Jericho promo the other week. And especially you have Moxley who hasn't talked in front of that crowd yet and really should. So... Yeah, but for uh, sure. so SCU won. They're going to the finals versus the Lucha Bros, which takes place next week. I would, as I said, I think they tipped their hand on this. I mean, th- this was the 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 attack the first week, and then we had the attack of Christopher Daniels. So we, you could kind of see where they were going. That's fine. It gives the finals a little bit more heat. It should. It should already have heat because you're crowning your first ever tag team champions. But I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, like some of these matches are becoming a little bit predictable on who is going to win. And that's what I felt in these two tag team matches. Like once Lucha Brothers, I I thought Private Party had more of a shot after they beat Young Bucks. But like once the Lucha Bros won, you knew SCU was winning this match. And they got... can't tip their hands so much on some of these matches. That's fair. Uh, I don't have necessarily a huge problem with it as long as the matches keep delivering, but I can see how that would turn some people off. So, fair point. Yeah, the matches are definitely delivering, which is, yeah. is great. But no, that's a very fair point you're bringing up. Uh, so, we went to singles action next. Kenny Omega defeating Joey Janela, a rematch from their unsanctioned match on AEW Dark, which was pretty great. Uh, Jeremy, your thoughts on this match? This was another one where you you knew Omega was winning, and I didn't. I don't know what they're doing with Janela. He's another guy where like, why isn't this guy? Where's the video packages for Joey Janela? Joey Janela got himself over on the independent scene with just fantastic video packages and really showing off like his his character and his, his depth as a creative artist. And we haven't seen any of that. This was his first dynamite match and you know he's supposed to face jack evans that was the announced match and like three hours later they're like oh we're gonna have him face omega it's like okay if he faces evans you figure janela's gonna win that's great that's a good win for him and you know he can move on and they can start building him but once he was in there against omega it's like well fuck now you're just beating janela so omega's gonna win and I, Omega should have won. I'm not saying that was the the wrong call. Did they even show highlights of the o- Omega and Janela um, AEW Dark match? They they showed highlights of the Omega and, and Phoenix match and put over Omega winning the the Mega Championship. But it, they should have shown highlights of the Omega and Janela match and shown people like, hey, if you haven't seen this match on AEW Dark, here's some clips from it. It ruled. Go check it out. That The fans loved it so much. That's why you're getting the rematch right here. And you know they didn't do any of that. Match was great. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't. It was great and because both guys are awesome. But some of the presentation on, on this stuff, it, it might feel a little nitpicky, but you almost have to nitpick with AEW. They do a lot of things right. Um, but yeah, I, I wish the presentation of jo- Joey Janela was a little bit better. I can agree with that. Uh, I thought the match was very good. Obviously, Omega was going to win heading into the pay-per-view. 
Um, we're to talk a little bit later about something from this show I would have cut that would have allowed you to add a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like video packages for guys. I think they're missing the boat a bit on not airing some highlights from AEW Dark. Like, you, you could have done the Janela Omega highlights here and just some of the other guys that haven't been on TV at times and stuff like that. Just, number one, you're letting people know about that show, but number two, you're giving context. to Like, I haven't seen this guy on TV. Why is his record this? Well, he's been competing on AEW Dark, and he won't beat this person, he lost to this person, blah, 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 blah. So I think that that would be more important to... Because there's a match on this show we're going to talk about later that you easily could have sacrificed. But um, moving on, uh, Cody Rhodes came out for an interview, Jeremy, and he was going to tease an announcement, but Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle were hanging up in a VIP box, drinking a little bit of the bubbly, and uh, were blowing air horns at Co- Cody. Wouldn't allow him to talk. Just being <laughs> little douchebags. It was pretty great. I mean, they were... It was nothing over the top. It's just every time Cody went to open his mouth, you just heard the air horns going off. Little little annoying air horns. It was funny. And then Cody threatened to come up there, and Jericho called him a coward, and entitled little millennial bitch. Said it's four on one, you'll never come up here. That led to Dustin arriving because he had Cody's back. Jericho continued to talk shit. MJF and his lovely scarf came out because he always has Cody's back. Jericho still talks shit, and then... DDP came out because DDP is Cody's real life friend and they wanted him on the show, I guess. Yeah, I like that it wasn't once Dustin came out, that made sense. I thought the Bucks were going to be right after that because the the Bucks are going to face Santana and Ortiz at the pay-per-view and it would have it just would have made sense, but it was MJF and DDP, so that switched it up. I did like that. The the Cody like teasing a big announcement thing, I I don't know like it it should have just you didn't have to really tease that because it wasn't teased beforehand it was just Cody's going to speak and instead of you know letting him speak it, it was cut off with the air horns and stuff which I liked I didn't think the whole oh, let me tease a big announcement thing was necessary because now you've got to follow that up and I'm sure they will, but it it was very much like an afterthought and maybe that was their plan. So I thought it just could have been like, Hey, we're just not going to let this fucking guy speak. You didn't need the hook of, I'm going to say this big announcement and now, you know, okay, so why don't you say it now? You know, AEW likes to talk about how we're not going to do an invisible, Cody mentioned it, there's no invisible wall here. I can go up there and kick your ass. Like, so so make the announcement now. Make it on Twitter, whatever. Like, you said you have this announcement. Why are you making us wait a week? Just just do it. Yeah, it- felt a little weird. I don't know what that might be. It might have just been something about the match or whatever, but hopefully it plays into the story. Anyway, that led to Cody and his boys heading up to the VIP box. The inner circle locked themselves in a like a little office deal, and Cody just broke the glass. They brought him to the concourse, had a big pull apart. I, I thought it was very fun, including Cody apparently trying to dr- drown Chris Jericho in a vat of ice cream at one point. <laughs> that was great. I... Like, I like this. I like the brawl. Um, I, I like Jericho, like, showing his ticket 
afterwards and being like you didn't have a ticket like get him out of here and stuff like he's a fucking executive vice president of course he's there but i like that jericho's like he shouldn't be allowed in my suite with, without this ticket and stuff it was a fun segment it was a nice break from the wrestling which we had like everything else on this show was wrestling but i there were some misfires in it for me and one was the whole you know let me tease this big announcement which was unnecessary in my view and i did the the whole deal. You know, there's no glass wall here, invisible wall like that other company we work for. Like, all right, dude, like we get it. Yeah, I don't need any of that bullshit myself. So, just um, whatever. Anyway, up until this point and throughout the whole show, the crowd was great for this show. By the way, uh, yeah, the crowd, the crowd was. And I want to say that especially show. because Pittsburgh gets a really bad rap for having shitty crowds. And that's well-deserved sometimes. There are many shows that have been there that have had really bad crowds. But I will also say that there have been many WWE shows there where they have really bad crowds. And maybe that's because they didn't like the product. And we always talk about the product has to deliver to actually make fans care. So, anyway, crowd was great here. They were adding a lot to the show, which I enjoyed. Next up were the Young Bucks versus the Best Friends. This started off with Orange Cassidy was in the ring and decided to throw a flurry of vicious super kicks at the Young Bucks. And if you've never seen Orange Cassidy, what I mean is he walks over, he shuffles (laughs) over and lightly starts kicking them in their shins because he's Orange Cassidy and he's very lethargic and that's what he does. But it was funny. I laughed because it's just, it's the Orange Cassidy thing. And I, it's one of those things to me, either you kind of get it or you don't. You know, and Jim Ross no. doesn't get it at all. This is the issue is and, and Jim Ross is like this all night, especially in the the tag team match, the the opening match where he's like, why do they keep fucking doing moves like go for a cover and, and stuff. And but with the Orange Cassidy stuff, he clearly doesn't get he, he has no time for it. He like the fans were reacting so huge and he's just like why like what are they seeing are you guys seeing what i'm seeing like why is this a big deal and then the the bucks super kick him and like the bucks got booed it's very tough to get the young bucks booed at at an aew event and super kicking orange cassidy got them booed so that should tell you something about orange cassidy look jim ross doesn't have to get some of this stuff he doesn't have to like it but he should put over the product that he is watching. And if the crowd is going crazy for this guy and they were going crazy for this guy, then, you know, he should make mention of that. He can say, all right, you know, not my cup of tea, but the, the fans love him. They have, he has a special connection and you know, that that's what matters here. He doesn't have to be like, I don't get it. This is bullshit. Why is anyone, why are we doing it's this? It's at this time that I would like to remind Jim Ross, not like he listens to this show, but I'd like to remind him what his fucking job is. He gets paid to put over the product in front of him. Not to share his constant little fucking nitpicks on what he does not like. I get that Jim Ross is old school. I get that he wants fellas grabbing the tag rope and abiding to the count at all costs. And I get that he wants youngsters going for covers all the time. But you know what? You have a tag match like early in the show with the Lucha Bros and Private Party that the crowd's going apeshit for. That's a pretty great match that everybody seems to be having a great time. 
And maybe you should just fucking drop your little bullshit and go with it. Now, I don't want him to go full like Don Callis. Because, like, Don Callis fucking constantly embarrasses himself when he sits there and talks about how RVD's in the best shape of his life. He looks just like he did in 99. Hasn't missed a beat. You're fucking embarrassing yourself at that point. Because none of that is true. But your job is to put over the product, put over the performers, put over the action in the ring. I don't care that they're not using um, regulation tags to your satisfaction there, JR. Put over the fucking match, okay? Because you become annoying and you start to lose the fucking plot like with the Orange Cassidy thing. It was 12 seconds before the match started and it was always set up so the best friends could attack and take the early heat on the box. That's all it was there for, yeah. and to later give Orange Cassidy a big spot in the match to get revenge. That's all it was. It wasn't like he was out there for five minutes doing shit. He wasn't in the match. It was just a very little thing, and like you said, the crowd was going nuts for him. They love Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Orange Cassidy, so I <laughs> I think he's the... the absolute best um jim ross whatever he's somebody's got to have a talking to him about this stuff because it, it it's not a it's not a good look i don't think as far as the match goes bucks win no no real shocker there best friends are just kind of guys who get beat and that's their role and then you know the the lucha brother or not lucha brother santana and ortiz and bucks match is a official for full gear so yeah. that should it was be a good, good one. match i enjoyed it um yeah, best friends are hey they're there to do a job and they did it they they had a good match and that's you know if they're gonna lose that's fine as long as you have a good match and they, as you said pay-per-view match is official next up i get why it was on the show because it was in pittsburgh in her hometown this is what I talked about earlier, Jeremy. This is what I would have cut off this show. Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. Now, don't get me wrong. This was not a bad professional wrestling match in any way. Britt Baker is in her hometown in Pittsburgh. You think that this would be designed to give her a showcase match coming off of her championship loss against Rhea. They have an eight and a half minute match. So after Britt Baker failing to lose the title, she's in her hometown. I feel this was booked all wrong. Should have been a short, dominant showcase for Britt Baker to allow her to shine in front of what was a hot home crowd. Instead, I felt it went a little too long, was way too competitive against an opponent that the crowd pretty much did not know. It was a solid match at best, but largely forgettable. This is 8 minutes and 30 seconds of wrestling plus entrances and a video package for Britt Baker that you could have taken off this show. And you could have dedicated to a promo, some video packages, or a little more time for the main event. You could have done a ton of stuff with this. Yeah, I get you wanted to have Britt Baker on the show, but you know what? There were way more important things to do on this show. You could have put her on dark. She still would have had a good home crowd reaction. Probably would have fit better on there. And again, you could have done a lot again with promos or video packages or with the main event time. You can take the match, completely remove it, as you said. You you can do you can do more video packages, which I've been advocating for. You can make the main event longer, but like that was going to a draw anyway, so you didn't want to drag it out too too long. 
or just like I get why they wanted Britt Baker on the show as well. She she did get a huge reaction. If you put that on dark, they want to present her as a star, and they should. She she's very marketable, um, and she she's still improving in the ring. So I, I understand they they see a lot in her, and they you know they've been using her on TV seemingly every week. Like she was the the guest commentator for for the women's title match and she, like she wasn't good but she was still in that role because they they obviously see a lot in her so i can understand like all right we don't want to quite put this on dark we're, we're really trying to get her over and push her um if, if that's the case cut the match like it doesn't need to go eight minutes what, what's wrong with with a three minute match that that's giving you an extra five minutes right there get video packages tack on time to to the main event if you if you need to whatever you need to do in more interviews it, it doesn't i'm fine i'm honestly fine with the the match being on the show i don't think it should have been on aew dark i'm not fine with the the match going eight minutes because it should have no one knows jamie hater no one cares if she loses in, in three minutes like do they really have plans for this girl i guess she's gonna feud with brandy now that's so stupid like you could have done that position with anybody else. And if you do have plans with Jamie Hayter, then put somebody else in that position. Put put Penelope Ford in that position. You clearly don't have like much plans for her. Put uh not Leva Bates, but you know, put anybody in that position. There's nothing wrong with you know, take a local talent and just have it be a quick little squash match or something. There there's nothing wrong with that. They did that with uh Santana and Ortiz last week. They they just gave them a little squash match against two guys who may or may never wrestle for the company again. Do that. Don't have it be a competitive eight minute yeah, match. And that that was the mistake in it because it really should have been a showcase for Baker, if anything. Not a not even it wasn't even fifty fifty. I mean Hater took most of the damn match. And yeah, it wasn't, I I'll be honest. Like I, I got bored during this match. I was like, okay, when's this going to end? Why is this lasting so long? Like my attention kind of dropped out on, on this. Yeah, match. And again, it wasn't bad. It was just like in context with the rest of the show, it felt like easily the weakest thing on the show. Yeah, no, that, it was definitely the weakest thing on the show. And then, yeah, they were going to interview Jamie Hayter backstage and Brandy attacked her for reasons. That Brandy tweeted like she bumped into her or some shit. She touched her. Was that shown? And they I showed it? it that yeah, she was about the interview. Brandy arrived and like threw her into a fucking wall, and then the uh, the interviewer like grabbed her shoulder to ask her what she was doing, and Brandy like looked like she was fucking putting the gypsy curse on her with her hand in the air in front of her face and walked off. I did not get this. Okay. At all. Yeah, I... we need. We need like I, I a fucking Brandy, flow chart to track the Brandy Rhodes heel heel and face appearances in this promotion. I was about to say, I guess Brandy's a heel now. Um, I, this makes sense of her tweet of she's no longer accompanying Cody to the ring because if you're with Cody, you're a babyface because because Cody is the the biggest babyface in the company right now, and I guess Brandy's a heel. So, but this just. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, is is the world dying for a Brandy and Jamie Hater feud? Like, really? No, not at all. I don't think the world's dying for like just Brandy in wrestling. Well, in wrestling, yes. Sorry. Not. Like, she can. Like... Yeah, yeah, wrestling, fine. But I'm saying no. Like, that's what I'm saying. In not wrestling. in wrestling. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, she can like. 
you know, she can keep it up with like the bikini shoots and her wacky little YouTube show. That's great. And she can walk out with Cody and I'm good with all of that, but don't need to see her wrestling. No, so, not really. Uh, then we went to the main event of the evening, Jeremy. Uh, John Moxley versus the Bastard Pack. Pack attacked him during the entrance with chair shot, choked him out, beat the shit out of him. And uh, Moxley was good to go, though, and wanted to fight because he's John fucking Moxley. Uh, they went to a TV time limit draw, which, my lord, I haven't seen one of those in ages. Uh, that was a that was like a Bill Watts staple in Mid South and a lot of NWA studio show stuff. You got the, uh, you know, the the show ending, you know, TV time remaining. So uh, I thought that was a cool little throwback. I I like that we have time limit draws in AEW because it is much better, in my opinion. You can use time limit draws to number one protect people, but number two, it's just it's another booking tool you have. I thought this was a very good main event. Pack and Moxley are fucking great. I thought the action and layout were really strong, and I had no problem with the finish because AEW has already established draws in the promotion as a reality. I have no issue with these two in particular going to a time limit draw because they didn't want Pack to lose. Moxley has a big pay-per-view match coming up with Omega, and you're probably saving this resolution for a singles match down the line. So there's more meat on the bone with these two. And when you have a draw as part of your canon and storytelling, it's smart to use it over sacrificing somebody or just using a flat-out fuck finish or DQ or count-out bullshit finish. So I liked it. I had no problem with it. I I don't have an issue with it either because I am a... I think if you establish draws, and AEW has, first with Cody and Darby Allin, and now here, then... As you said, they they can be a booking tool that you can get out of booking yourself into a corner because because that's what this this match was. They they booked themselves into a corner um, with with Pac and Moxley. They they didn't want Pac to lose for obvious reasons. They didn't want Moxley to lose for obvious reasons. And in that sense, the the match shouldn't have been booked. But instead of giving fans a a fuck finish with a run-in or some type of DQ or a match stoppage, whatever the fuck the Hell in a Cell thing was. Um, they, they just did a time limit finish, and that's fine. It, it doesn't come off as... Um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? It doesn't come off as a biggest slap of slap in the face to, to the fans because you know, it, it said TV time, the, the TV time ran out. We, we know AEW has time limits. So I, I get that the, the issue, and this isn't my issue. This is an issue that I, I've just seen is, you know, fans, AEW tells everyone that, you know, you're, you're not going to get that kind of stuff with us you know you're gonna get these clean finishes you're, you're not gonna get that wacky stuff and okay it's not it's not a run-in it's not a dq it's not a match stoppage it's still an unsatisfying conclusion to your big main event and you know when you you're telling people that you're not gonna do this stuff and then you do that in this match you know are fans gonna be uh, unhappy with that if they if they do this Let's say they, because because this match went 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 uh, what like twelve minutes, 20, yeah. so okay, so you and it's the main event. Let's say you do this in the middle of the show. It's a twenty minute time limit. 
it goes 20 minutes, but it's in the middle of the show. It's not how you're closing your show. It's still a time limit finish. It still protects both guys. Now you have to cut a bunch of stuff, cut the fucking Britt Baker match. Um, so you have to cut stuff to get there, but it's just a little bit different and and it doesn't leave you with a, a sour taste in your mouth as the show closes and you're like, okay, that was a really good match, but I feel kind of cheapish because I didn't get a, the conclusion to, to the match. Like I didn't get a satisfying conclusion. Fair enough. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think it's it's totally fair. I don't have a problem with it. I just, I, I had no problem with it. I, I think it just, it works in the, you have to work in the universe you establish. And like, I don't have a problem with the time limit thing because Again, I think that they're going to follow up on it because they've done a lot of intertwining with Moxley, Pac, and Omega. And I, I think that we're going to get this again and it'll be fully paid off. So I don't see a problem with it here, especially because you're building to Omega and Moxley. Yeah, I, and I get why they did it. They they should have done it because it it was a weird booking decision in the first place because... You didn't want either of these guys to lose this early. So you had to get out of that somehow. And this was the way to get out of it. I'm just wondering what the, if there's going to be any type of backlash from their fans. Like we, we get it. A lot of, you know, a lot of people who, um, you know, a lot of kind of the, the older school fans will get it. Cause as you said, it's a, it's a throwback to however many years ago. Um, so th- those people will get it. But if you're, you know, talking of how you're not going to do any of this type of things. And then the main event to your television show is this big hype match and you don't have a conclusion on it because TV time ran out and all that, it, it could upset a lot of people. Where the fuck... Tony Schiavone's there. Why weren't the tape machines still rolling? Fair enough. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Why didn't it finish on AEW Dark? We know those matches conclude. Uh, you know, We know they tape stuff afterwards, so why didn't they just keep it going there? Come on now. Tape machines should have been rolling. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I um, no, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked what they did, and I just... um, The thing is, too, is I also have some faith that they're going to follow up on it. You know, because every everything has yeah, been going. I, I agree. Well, so far in that regard, so I agree with that. Is they they have they have built up a lot of goodwill that they can that they say. Let, let's let, let me try to be clear. They say they will follow up, and there will be long term booking. There's no there's no television evidence that they they will because we're we're four weeks into television so you can't you know there's no real proof that like hey they're gonna follow up on this stuff but they they say they will they've done for the most part a good job on delivering everything that they they said they they're going to deliver so they, they've built up that goodwill that they will follow up on it but let's also not kid ourselves and be like they've followed up on literally everything they've ever done because that's not the case. And it's it's only a big part of the reason that it's not the case is that they they haven't been around long enough. It's four weeks of television. Um, so they haven't had the, the chance to prove that they can follow up on that stuff. There you go. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see the reaction. I can definitely some see people hating it. Um, but again, I just, like, like I said, I don't have a problem with it. So, um, we'll, we'll see what happens, Jeremy. It'll be interesting to see if there is backlash on it. Um, 
So that uh, wraps up AEW for this week. We will move on to NXT now, Jeremy. And uh, NXT had a had a little uh, had a big main event tonight. But we start with Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Uh, they have been both teasing that they want to face Shayna Baszler for the uh, women's championship. Rhea Ripley ended up beating Bianca Belair twelve forty via pin, even though uh, Io Shirai tried to get involved involved and ruin it for Rhea. She got taken out by Candice LeRae, continuing their sub feud there. Uh, Rhea picks up the big win. Thought it was a good match. I like the continuation of Io and Candice underneath, and uh, looks like Ripley is closer to the title shot against Shayna. Yeah, good good win for Rhea. Right call. Bianca, I, I don't know what they're doing with her at this point, and that's kind of a shame because she has a lot of star quality. It feels like she should just go up to the main roster. Heyman really likes her. Um, she could really be a breath of fresh air in that in the, the women's division that's been dominated by the, the horsewomen for seemingly forever. Um, but Rhea winning was the, the right call because that's a fresh matchup with uh, Shayna Baszler in a match that I really want to see. And Rhea's awesome. She's like 23. She has everything down like to a T. Her character is, is good. She understands her character. She's a good wrestler. She, yeah, she's I like great. her a lot. Steve and I talked about her too uh, last week. Just uh, a lot of people poo-pooed on her being uh, quote-unquote – uh, shoved the way to the UK brand for a while. But, I mean, she was young, and that was a really smart move because she got to be... She got to learn how to work as a featured performer in NXT UK while still growing as a regular performer by doing all the Coconut Loop shows and house shows in Florida. Because, again, when you're working NXT UK, it's not like... Unless you're European anyway, they don't fucking, like, relocate you. Okay, that's why we wanted Cesaro to occasionally work NXT UK because he could go over there every four to eight weeks or whenever they do a taping, knock out a taping and come back home. Okay, so like Rhea would go over and do the taping and stuff. She was featured. She got to learn a lot. She only got better. And yeah, she has a ton of upside, especially at only age 23. Uh, Smart move for the win. I would not be surprised to see Bianca eventually moved up uh, sooner rather than later because as you said, uh, Paul Heyman reportedly a big fan of hers. Yeah, I, I think that would be the, the best move because Bianca, she seems a little lost right now. Well, I mean, now. what else are you going to do with her? She already lost twice against Shayna in uh, singles matches. And, you know, she she lost this. So yeah. it feels like, she, you know, it feels like she's never getting the title, which is fine. But you can't kind of keep her in the top mix only to have her lose all the time. Right, agreed. So, uh... Kathy Kelly interviewed Pete Dunn outside. He was hanging out with Tyler Bate. Uh, Dunn said that Damian Priest is going to get a receipt for what he did last week. And Kelly asked Dunn about his attack on Killian Dane before that match. And uh, Dunn said that he doesn't care about him and basically told her to fuck off. So, there you go. Poor way to treat Kathy Kelly. The lovely Kathy Kelly. I got a really good Tommaso Ciampa video package uh, about him going through his injury issues. Then Tyler Bate popped up in the crowd, and Tyler Bate was there for a reason. Uh, next up, Matt Riddle defeated Cameron Grimes, uh, a little under six minutes via pin. I thought this was really good, all action, hard hitting. Uh, I thought Grimes got to look good before losing to Riddle. Um, good mix of styles here because I just they they weren't fucking around. 
crowd loves Matt Riddle. He hit the jackhammer, and they were chanting Riddle like they would chant Goldberg. So that was amusing. But uh, I really enjoyed this, and um, Riddle ended up uh, countering into a powerbomb final flash, and the bro Derek for the win. Your thoughts? Good match. Riddle's awesome. Cameron Grimes is is very good. Curious booking because Grimes has been like running through guys, and you know it seemed like they were building him up to something, and then they just have Riddle beat him here. Like you're you're not gonna lose much in losing to Riddle, considering Riddle just challenged for the title. But it, it did look like Grimes was uh, getting on a roll there, and you know now he's not. And they they set up the the program with Tyler Bate afterwards, and like I'm all for that. Tyler Bate Bate rules, and Cameron Grimes is. I guess he's a little divisive because he has uh, that hat and some people love the hat and some people hate it. If you hate the hat, you're an idiot. Um, I, I look forward to Cameron Grimes and Tyler Bate. Like that sounds like a good program. Yeah, to I'm me. all for that. Cause Tyler Bates awesome. And Grimes has been really good. No problem with that at all. Yeah. The post-match angle was riddle celebrated and uh, Cameron Grimes was being a douchebag debate. So he got laid out. So tough luck for you, Cameron rough night. Hopefully his hat is okay. I mean, if you're going to be a douchebag, you should be laid out. I wonder where they go with Riddle after this, because it it seems like it could easily be inserted into the the War Games picture, which we'll get to later. But um, Riddle's got big star potential, and you can't just have him in these mid-card matches for for long. Yeah, definitely be interested to see what they do with him. William Regal announced that tonight Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox will face Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, and that the winners will get a shot at Asuka and Kyrie Zane next week for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Poor Sasha and Bayley. Just, I know, never got to do their NXT title defense. What are you going to do, Jeremy? I like I like this though. I like that they're they're honoring that the NXT title or that the women's tag team titles can be defended in NXT. Obviously, Asuka and Kyrie have big history in, in NXT, and they'll come back. They'll probably get a great reception, even though they're heels. Um, and you know, people may say that it's a way to to boost NXT and stuff like Asuka, especially at this point. Asuka and Kyrie Sane aren't boosting like your ratings. Like no one who watches Raw and SmackDown that doesn't watch NXT is gonna be like, oh shit, I gotta catch NXT this week. Asuka and Kyrie Sane are there. Maybe it could have been that way, but they they were treated like such a joke for so long that you know they they got the titles and this heel run has been great. But you know they're they're not boosting any type of, of viewership numbers on that. I think this is more of. We want to get the. We want to actually do something with these titles that we com- completely dropped the ball on from the inception and until really until Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross got the titles because everything before that was kind of kind of a misfire. Yep, pretty much. But yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Could be a fun match coming up next week. We'll get to their opponents later. Up next, Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Brizongo defeated the Forgotten Sons. Nine minutes, 20 seconds via pin. Your thoughts, Jeremy? Cool that Isaiah Scott got this run. I, I don't need this Brizongo and Forgotten Sons feud, though. Just do away with it. Yeah, I thought the match was pretty good. I thought Scott uh, got to look great in the match. The Forgotten Sons just do nothing for me. I mean, they scream... WCW Saturday night, like in a bad way. 
Just like I, I have. Yeah, no they, time they for should them. just. No, they they should be getting beat, and that's good. They got beat here. They just move Pretty on. Much. But uh, yeah, Isaiah Scott again got to look good, and the full sale crowd loves Brizongo, so that's good. Yeah, they were pilots yep. this week, right? Doing all their wacky okay. stuff, so. That's good, though. I mean, hey, as long as those dudes are having fun, that's all that matters. We got a promo of Killian Dane, who is standing above the burning WWE Hell in a Cell main event, or is technically a dumpster fire, but same thing. Uh, It says Pete Dunne tried to break his fingers, and he's going to break Pete in return. Leah Rush joined commentary. Angel Garza defeated Jack Gallagher in our next match. Uh, four minutes, just over four minutes via pin. Solid and fun match that was used to set up Angel Garza as a possible title challenger for Leo Rush. So in that regard, I think it worked. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the Cruiserweights are on NXT now. It's still, it's still sort of weird because they, they have 205 Live, but it gives them some extra visibility and... I'm completely fine with that, and I, I like Angel Garza as a challenger. He's he's really good, and he, he's fresh for Leo Rush, and I think that, that's been the biggest thing for the Cruiserweights being on NXT now is uh, this stuff feels a lot fresher because we, we both watch 205 Live, and it's not a bad show. Typically, it's actually a good show outside of the, there's no reaction for these guys, but it, it has felt like the, the same guys for however long now like leo feels fresh garza feels fresh and 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 that's a good thing for the for whatever's left of that damn brand yeah 205 live definitely feels like it's dying on the vine these days unfortunately so it's hard to hard to keep that show alive when people don't care but again that's part of wwe's doing for shunting it after smackdown which was never a good plan just not gonna work no, not at all. Uh, so no. next up, we had Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai defeating Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke just over three minutes. Uh, it was exactly what it needed to be. The heels attacked. They controlled early. The baby faces mounted a big comeback. Tegan Knox won with the shiniest wizard. So you got your baby faces moving on to challenge. Technically, your heels, Asuka and Kairi Zane, because they're heels. But like you said, they're going to get a great reaction in full sale next week. Um, should be a fun match, though, because Tegan and Dakota are a lot of fun. They're a good team. And I'm looking forward to that match next week. Yeah. Um, th- this match wasn't much. I I don't know if I was expecting to go a little bit longer, but considering the, the stakes, I guess I thought it would go a little bit longer. It was probably good that it didn't because the horsewomen, and they've been working hard and stuff. They they do a lot of the live events, but they're still not all that great. And Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, like I love both of them. Let's not have them go too long and and risk an injury here because they that would be the worst case scenario for everybody involved. Um, yeah, the the match next week. I like that they the Kabuki Warriors showed up on on screen and talked Japanese, and they were like. You got no chance, and I thought that that was that was perfect. So yeah, I, I I like who won. The winner I didn't think was really in doubt because you're not putting the fucking horsewomen in that position. I wouldn't think. And um, yeah, Kabuki Warriors against uh, Team Kick is going to be yes, pretty. Very good. much looking forward to that. That's the big hook for next week. Main event: NXT North American Champion Roderick Strong. Defeated Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic in 15 minutes via pin. 
This was pretty great. Easily the best thing on the show, I felt. Really love this. Um, We talk about Roddy, who's just... He doesn't get enough credit over the past 10 years for all the good stuff he's done. Uh, Lee and Dijakovic have been really good, obviously, here in NXT. Uh, Just doing big lad things that big lads shouldn't really do. Um, I thought the match, though, was great. I thought all three guys delivered. I thought they kept a great pace, had some great big spots. Um, the finish was really great because Roddy is basically trying to be a little douche and surviving and getting in cheap shots every time he can. Lee and Dijakovic work up top. Lee hits the big super bomb. But that son of a bitch Roddy flies in at the end with the sick kick and takes him out and picks up the win. Sneaking away with his championship one more time, Jeremy. Match was fantastic as you would expect it to be. I think my favorite match from either show and you know, there was a lot of great wrestling tonight as there is every single Wednesday, but I thought this match was a step above everything else. Like Lee and Dijakovic, we know they're awesome. Um, the, the way they, they're able to move for their size is uh, almost unheard of. And yeah, Roddy Strong just great great at what he does the, i thought the timing was really well like strong coming in right at the uh right at the end to 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 steal a victory like perfectly timed to where there was no waiting around or anything like the timing throughout this match was was really good just three excellent professional wrestlers some people will complain that it's like big moves and big moves and to stuff like that. It's, but it's similar to what you see on AEW. Like I'm not going to knock this match for being very similar to private party against the Lucha bros because it is like, it is a lot of moves, but that's almost wrestling in 2019. And there still was a story much like private party and Lucha bros. Like there was still a story to this match. And, and the story was really Roddy strong, staying the fuck out of the way when he needed to, to let these guys beat each other and, and then picking his spots, and that's exactly what he did. So I thought this yeah, match was great. Really, really enjoyed this. Roddy is a sneaky little douchebag uh, sneaking away with the title. Worked really well here. Uh, Lee and Dijakovic, just again, they work really well together. There was, I'm glad Roddy's not dead. There was one really scary Tower of Doom spot. Uh, I thought Roddy was going to die on that, but um, uh, otherwise, uh, just a ton of great stuff. Really enjoyed. Post-match, the Undisputed Era laid the boots to uh, Lee and Dijakovic, standing tall until Tommaso Ciampa arrived. He was followed with Johnny Gargano, and they were ready to take on Undisputed, and then Finn Balor arrived. We had the big standoff. They were all ready to fight. Finn starts taking off his jacket, and in mid-jacket removal, hits a fucking Pele kick to Johnny Gargano's face and turns heel. Which, I will say, was really well done. Because my man is like slipping his coat off and hits that move like perfectly. This was, look, it shocked the shit out of me. I did not think, we all knew Balor was coming out when they did the the standoff. There was the invisible wall there. And I did the big standoff. The crowd chanted for Balor. We knew it was coming. It comes out and it's like, okay. I was actually waiting I was legitimately waiting for for someone else because it was it was still four against three, and so I was like, oh, like who who who's coming out? Like which uh, WWE main roster guy is gonna come out here? Who who had like a run in NXT? And I don't even know who you could have brought out outside of like Kevin Owens, but obviously he wasn't gonna be the guy. So um, 
but I, I was I was legitimately waiting for for a fourth guy to come out, like a former NXT star who's now on the Raw or SmackDown. It didn't happen, and you know Balor, as you said, he walks like he looks like he's removing his jacket, and then he just fucking hits that Pele kick, and like the timing was so good. I was completely stunned, completely thrown off by it, but I, I loved it. Undisputed Era beats down Gargano and Ciampa. Balor fucking uh, runs through him, and yeah, I, I thought this angle was really, really good. And it, like, this was a, a great hook for next week's show as well. Like a really great hook to be like oh shit like uh, you gotta tune in next week to to see what the fuck's gonna happen here and i think nxt has been missing that a little bit they had it the first week because you had uh champa come back and everything but the, these past few weeks you haven't really had that at the the very end it's just gonna be like all right cool like matches happen and whatnot but like this was a, a big hook to where it's like you gotta tune in next week to see what happens yeah i thought it came off as really hot angle i um I don't hate the idea of a Balor heel turn. I, I kind of feel like maybe it's too soon, but again, I will. I am more than willing to see how it plays out because maybe it's the perfect time. Because sometimes you overplay your hand and you wait too long and then it's ruined or everybody sees it coming. So maybe this is going to work perfectly. And uh, you know, maybe this is like a preview of War Games because in my report I noted, I mean, could we end up seeing maybe Undisputed and Balor versus... Chiampa, Gargano, Lee, Dijakovic, and maybe like Velveteen Dream or Riddle. I mean, yeah, I, I think those are the the five names for I my my guess would be Dream over Riddle, but just because. But if he's actually like has a back injury, we don't know how how serious that is. I guess he's got a month to recover. But if he's actually like hurt, then Riddle would would make more sense in that spot. I and I I was shocked. I, I didn't see this one coming. It seemed like Balor, and I think that's why it did work. Like you're right that it could have been too early. They could have, they definitely could have gotten more out of a Finn Balor face run in NXT. But we've seen it. Like he he's been a face. Like we've seen it. It, it would get a good reaction and everything. And that was you know that was what was expected. Everyone expected him to come back. Like he stood in front of Adam Cole kind of challenged him and everything. It's like, okay, we're going to get the Finn Balor face run. It's going to be great because Finn Balor's awesome. The full sale crowd loves him, but we've seen it. Like now we're getting heel Finn Balor and we have not seen that in, in NXT. Like we've seen it in new Japan, but the NXT fans haven't seen it. And like heel Finn Balor is like how, what made him big. Like th this was bullet club stuff. And you know, bullet club is, they they've had their many different versions and stuff but that was started with with heel finn balor so i i'm looking forward to this i i think this was i think this was a good timing move because it was so unexpected. yeah that's the thing i mean again it might it may very well play out that way and i think it, i think it's great if it does because again i'd rather them not overextend balor and then everybody see it coming or everybody start turning on him and then they do it because then it looks like a reactionary move so again, I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, yeah, he ended up murdering Gargano on the floor with a John Woo into the barricade and took out a bunch of fans and then hit Bloody Sunday on the ramp. And yeah, Balor just, yeah, this came off really well. And again, it felt like a hot angle and more, and to your point too, does feel like a really good uh, hook for next week. 
Yeah, I like I can't wait for NXT next week. I'm sure AEW is going to be great. They got the tag finals. They'll probably announce some some other big stuff and whatnot. It'll probably be a, a really strong show. But as far as like w- what's your hook that that you're giving me um, to to close the show? You got Moxley and Pac ending in a draw or a time limit finish. Okay. There's a, there's a little bit of a hook there. You want to see what they do to follow that up. But it seems like that'll be kind of more announced on social media. I hope, I I truly hope they announce that, Hey, John Moxley is going to fucking talk. And that's, what's opening the show. Cause if that's the case, then I'm watching dynamite. Um, but if not, then, you know, NXT has the better hook with, all right, Finn Balor turned you know what's gonna happen I don't I don't need his whole uh, explain the actions why Finn why bullshit like we've seen that a million times but and I hope they don't tease any of that stuff just let this breathe of he turned you know we want an answer but don't don't be like oh Finn Balor is gonna explain his actions and shit don't don't do that like you you don't need to promote some sometimes you don't need to promote like let your show do the promotion for you and i think that's what this can be is all right we saw the ending that's that's your promotion you don't need to beat me over the head with finn balor explains his actions finn balor is gonna speak and stuff because why then you're disappointed if he doesn't explain it then you're disappointed if he's like uh, he goes out there and like I did it because you know he cuts the generic heel promo that they all cut in WWE like the fucking fans and all this shit and we don't need any of that. Just he turned. That's my reason to tune in. Fair enough, man. Fire it up, Jeremy. I love it. Listen, Wednesday nights, man. I get fired and I, I missed last week as well. I get fired up on these Wednesdays, especially when we record right after the shows. Like it's still fresh in my mind. And Wednesday rules. Like we talk about it all the time. Wednesday, four hours of wrestling. It, it feels like one hour of wrestling compared to Raw. Raw was a fucking. I thought that show had lasted five hours, and it was about uh 75 minutes long and i was like oh my god this show's not even halfway over yet wednesday nights though goes by like that and it's all good nxt ruled this week aew ruled this week like a lot of great wrestling some big moments some big angles wednesdays are awesome i agree wednesdays are great jeremy so that's gonna leave us to our our kind of comparison breakdown and who we thought won the week do you want to go first Sure. I think NXT won the week based on they had the best match. I I thought the North American title match was uh, that was my favorite match from the two shows. And they had the best angle. The Finn Balor turn was the best angle. Now, as far as like action start to finish, AEW did a better job. Like there, that show was hot start to finish. It was great. I when we do this stuff, it's not to you know bury one show. If you listen to the full reviews, you realize we're not burying any of this stuff. I personally enjoyed NXT more this. Fair week. enough. Um, you know it's weird. I'm I'm starting. To, we're getting this blowback already. Four weeks in now, and uh, all of a sudden it's uh Larry hates NXT, and Larry always says AEW is the better show. And. You said NXT was the better show yeah, the first well, week. Yeah, don't, well, don't let facts get in the way. But here's the point. If you guys <laughs> don't listen to some of these other shows out there, and, I mean, you should be just listening to us, but there are shows that all they do is talk about how 
NXT sucks now. NXT feels minor league. Lee and Dijakovic were better in PWG. And that's all they fucking talk about. And all of a sudden, NXT has become a bad show to these people. And I spoke about it last week with Steve. If you read my review, if you listen to these shows, I do nothing but call NXT a good show every week. I enjoy NXT. I thought there were some very good matches on NXT this week. I thought um, the three-way was a great main event. I thought the angle, again, like I said, timing is going to... Time will tell if the timing was right. But regardless of it, on this night, that angle came off as a hot angle. And as Jeremy said, it's a great hook for next week. Thought NXT was a good show this week. I, this week, I liked AEW better. I thought it was... I thought it it was an aggressive show. It was an action-packed show. Yes, we could have used some more vignettes and stuff like that and some promos. And I could have done again without the Britt Baker match. I think you could have used that time much better than they did. But overall, that was a show that felt hot from the opening bell to the closing bell for me. And there was also a show that they could have... They could have went ahead and taken the night easy. Because they had huge competition with the World Series tonight. They know they're going to get hit in the ratings. Everybody knows everybody's getting hit in the ratings tonight. They could have took it easy tonight. I felt Dynamite came out and they were aggressive in the fact that this is our fucking show. We're doing our show. We don't give a shit what else is on tonight. And I appreciated that and I enjoyed the shit out of that show. Again, personal enjoyment comes into a factor. Personally, I enjoyed AEW this week. Did I think NXT was bad? Fuck no. It was a good show with a great main event. Some decent stuff set up for next week. NXT, despite what some people will tell you, is still a good weekly show. I know all of a sudden that... I mean, I'm enjoying AEW more personally, yes. But I get that some people are going to pull the AEW's the new shiny toy thing, so now we can forget about NXT and call it a bad show. That doesn't matter and it feels obsolete and all this stupid bullshit I keep reading and listening to. And that is, again, the farthest from the case. NXT is still a really good show. I think it can still be better because I think there's a lot of great people on that brand that could be used a bit better. Now, again, they're they're doing a little little bit better in using promo packages than they were in the first couple weeks, which is a little better than the AEW stuff. But again, the um, the NXT show, the flow of the show for me doesn't always feel quite as locked in and as aggressive and fast moving as I would like. Now again, it does not feel like Raw and feel like nine hours long. I mean, God no. It's just again, I'm finding the AEW product a little bit better to my liking. But please don't don't get lost in the fact that NXT is still a good show, despite the fact of what some people are trying to tell you. I just I think it's hilarious that, and this is not just like AEW sports. I'm talking about people that were hardcore NXT lovers, and all of a sudden they're like, I don't like NXT now. It's two hours, and like there's no other reason than that. It's like you're getting all the people you got before. You're getting some new people. NXT is still a good show. I just, I don't understand why people think it's not. But again, I'm, I'm the guy that's just going to be, they're going to keep throwing at me that Larry always overrates AEW by two points and underrates NXT by two points. It's horrible. He didn't like anything on the show. Yes, I, I just love the shit out of that four-star main event of the Triple Threat, Jeremy. I'm bad. 
I, I mean, I don't read comments on your columns because you, no offense, you, you bring out the worst people when it comes to comments because you've been doing it for so long, and I, I think it's a, you know, you got you've built up a, a lot of cachet, and you're. I mean, I, I think you're the absolute best when it comes to rating matches. So you're going to draw kind of that crowd of, you know, people are going to disagree or agree and whatnot. But I, I don't think AEW is a, is a, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'd say, I think NXT was, was the better show this week. That, that's just my opinion. I, I don't, I hope no one takes that as, Oh, well you don't like AEW. Like I, I praised AEW. Did I nitpick yeah, some sure. stuff? Yes. Um, I will nitpick stuff with NXT as well because that's just, you know, there's always going to be, like, there's no perfect wrestling show out there. Um, It's just, it's very tough to have a perfect wrestling show. My complaints with AEW is, like, you like the action-packed, like, balls-to-the-wall stuff, and I think that's great. I'm all for it. I like it to be slowed down just a little bit, and I don't think AEW does that quite enough because really this was nothing but wrestling matches, and then you had the the Cody thing. But even the Cody thing was just a giant brawl. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a promo. It, it was just it was more action, and like that's what this show was, start to finish, and that's great. But I, I like a little, you know, slow it down for me. Slow it down, kid. Grab a headlock, uh, double up, drop down, uh, up and under, whatever the fuck the, the thing is. Um, like, I, I like that a little bit more. And that's why and NXT does that for me. And NXT also, at least for this week, I thought they had the best match and they I thought they had the, the, the best angle. So that's why I went with NXT. But... AEW is still a great show. Like both, both of these shows are fucking great. I, I don't know why anybody is complaining. Did, did you watch Raw? Raw sucked. Did you watch, even last week's SmackDown? Like wasn't all that great. Like it just Raw and SmackDown just feel very normal to me. It's like okay, like they're slowed down, but they're slowed down in such a way to it, it just it makes the whole show drag. NXT is slowed down, but nothing really like drags to me on that show and AEW like doesn't slow down at all so it doesn't and that's my uh, minor issue with it is i wish they would slow it down a little bit more like i don't want to be hit in the face uh over and over again it's like a a, um, i'm gonna use a porn reference here draw draw these porn fans AEW is like a fucking just cum shot compilation like just you know over and over again cum shot cum shot cum shot give me some build up give me some foreplay oh that's gonna be probably clipped somewhere dude (laughs) No, it's like, no, and again, yeah, it's like if I don't understand why, like this weird thing about the NXT thing, like all of a sudden it's bad, and people think I hate it when I keep calling it good, and it's there are other people that are actually calling NXT a bad show, and I just I don't get it. I mean, I am enjoying the the hell out of Wednesday nights. I think overall we're getting four hours of great every Wednesday night. Do I like one a little bit more some weeks? Yeah. I liked AEW this week. Jeremy liked NXT, and that's, again, personal opinion coming into it. It's Nobody's wrong. We both had a great time, and that's kind of the whole key to it for me. I'm just, I'm having fun. And just the thing is, Wednesday is bringing that more fun back, and I'm, I'm enjoying Tuesdays right now with NWA Power and Dark and then Impact starting next week full-time on Axis, so we're going to have a big block on Tuesdays, but... The Wednesday stuff is just so reinvigorating after having having to sit through the 
at best mediocrity of Raw and SmackDown. What do you think the uh, ratings are this week? Because you mentioned it. They were up against some pretty heavy competition with uh, Game 2 of the World Series. That that game did turn into a blowout, but it didn't really turn into a blowout until both uh, shows were off the air. Like, that, the Nationals decided to do all of their runs Um like right at 10 o'clock so uh kind of sucked for both shows and that regards we had there's nba tip-off on more more opening night games on espn and more opening night games there's 11 nba games and all opening night for for teams so 22 really 22 different markets were like oh hey my nba team is is tipping off tonight so like that would be something to watch um over uh the these two shows along with you know the the two national national games on on ESPN. I guess the the one national game wouldn't have started yet, but the uh the Sixers and the the Celtics, so that's Philadelphia and uh Boston, which are obviously two pretty big markets, um were were the ESPN game at 7:30 and ran all the way through NXT and, and AEW. So what do you think the ratings are going to be with that uh, kind of competition? They're definitely both going to be down. That is a lot of competition. Um if I had to guess numbers, I'll go nine hundred thousand for AEW, six hundred for NXT. Yeah, I think it's going to be eight fifty and six hundred. Eight fifty um, may be I, fair because that basketball could take a big chunk. The basketball, and the other thing is like AEW has done very well with the the the, the that sports demographic, like that eighteen to forty nine demographic. Like NXT is it skews older. And the older fans, I mean, they might be watching baseball. Baseball can sometimes skew old, uh, but that fan base is typically kind of there. The NXT uh, or the AEW fan base is very similar to, I feel like, a sports fan base. And so when you got um, two two big markets uh, like Philadelphia, like Boston, then, of course, the, the World Series as well. You know, that's D.C. And, and Houston. Those are good-sized markets as well that – uh, that, it's gonna be tough for for AEW. I am interested because I, I don't know if you watched the NBA on TNT, the games on Tuesday. There was a heavy push for for Dynamite during those Tuesday games, and and those day those games, you know, they were big games. They had Toronto uh, getting the rings, and then the the LA Battle of LA was the late night game. Um, that's where you know to the two LA markets, a lot of stars in that game. So plenty of people tuned in to those games. Dynamite got a big push on those TNT shows, and I I wonder how that's going to help in the long term. I don't think it's going to help too much tonight just because you're going against more NBA tip-off and Game 2 of the, the World Series. But long term, AEW is going to get that TNT push Tuesdays and Thursdays um, for, for NBA on TNT. And I, I just I just wonder how that's going to work long term. Because we talked about it before, like, there. TNT's pushing the shit out of this show. And compared to USA Network, where they ain't pushing this show at all. Like they're they're barely pushing NXT. We don't see ads for this show outside of uh Raw. And, you know, T- TNT on the other hand, like 
they're 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 pushing it every single uh, night, and they're they're going to be pushing it on the NBA. So I think long term, it's going to really benefit AEW. I don't think it's going to make too much of an impact to tomorrow in the ratings for tonight's show, but I think it's going to be very beneficial. You know, come December. Yeah, it, that is definitely more of a long term thing. Yeah, they're both shows. I think are going to get dinged pretty well tomorrow night. Uh, you may be closer to I am with your eight fifty with um. AEW, it just it depends on how much of that uh that audience of theirs tuned out and was into basketball in the World Series tonight. So we'll uh we're definitely gonna find out here uh, Thursday afternoon, but uh should be interesting. But I would see I definitely think both shows drop down just because uh that's stiff competition, man. That's not easy for anybody, and that's just the way it's gonna be. I think anything over uh eight hundred for for AEW. I would consider that a win, and some people might be like, well, that still means they lost 200,000 viewers. Yeah, it does mean they lost 200,000 viewers, but, you know, look what they were up against. Like, they were probably going to lose those 200,000 viewers. The The big thing is, I can't recall if there's a World Series game next Wednesday. I, there, There is, actually. It could be Game 7. If, there, if there's a Game 7, then they would go up against that, and they would get slaughtered uh, by, by a Game 7. But if, you know, if the the Astros or uh, the Astros come back and win four straight, or if the Nationals win two of the the next uh, three here, three or four, then uh, Game Seven won't matter. Uh, I'm interested to see if you know re- really next week if they if they don't have the Game Seven because then you you know NBA is a week old. There's no more opening night games. Everybody's played at least once, and so that that kind of hype has has died down a little bit. So if let's say AEW drops to 800, you know. Are those fans coming back uh, next week w- without that competition? Are they back up over a million? Yeah, and again, it's interesting to track, but we're not going to start getting solidly into what things are going to be until beginning of December and stuff. And um, first quarter of 2020 is also going to be really interested just to see where things level out for both and to see if they can both start climbing back up. I hope so because you know we were really excited about this whole wrestling boom kind of thing, and I mean AEW premiered strong, NXT premiered strong until AEW came along. Both shows have kind of slipped. Fox premiered really strong, uh, SmackDown, and then like they've lost fucking 1.5 million viewers in two weeks, whatever it is. Somebody will yell at me, be like, it's only 1.3 million. Um, yeah, and it's like, oh, maybe wrestling isn't as big as we kind of had hoped it was. But, hey, uh, we'll still be watching, and hopefully other people start picking it up because it's good. Wednesday night's yeah, good. Wednesday's Watch wrestling great, on Wednesday dude. nights. I'm, I'm having, again, so much fun, and I, I don't know how some people are getting that wrong and thinking I'm not. It's just really weird to me. I mean, do you I, not, like, I don't know how many times I can say this was good, this was great in a review, and then come on here and say Wednesday night was great again, and I loved it. So I I think what what bothers me about this whole Wednesday thing is and both NXT and AEW AEW more than than NXT cuz this is their rallying cry of you know I'm with AEW um and you know we're the alternative and, and like fair play to them this is this is how they they almost exist now is by getting this fan base behind them but the Fans make you feel like you like have to pick a side 
in this shit and like whatever side you're you're not picking then you're against like i think this is uh, it seems sounds like like the backlash you're getting and i got this as well because you know i wrote i wrote the article on seth rollins when he clearly like a tongue-in-cheek he's like hey when kenny omega's done with this minor league stuff come face me at wrestlemania and it's like what rollins said isn't any worse than what kenny omega had been saying and they're all just bullshitting around like they're they're i don't know if they're friends but these guys understand what the what the game is and they understand what they're doing and my mentions are just like blowing up of like Oh well, you know you didn't have the same kind of energy when Omega said this, and Rollins is blah blah blah, and Omega blah blah blah. It's like you don't have to pick a side during this shit, and just because one show is good one week and the other show is good the next week and whatever, like you you really don't have to to pick a side during this. You can enjoy both programs you can think both programs are well we we pick a winner on which show we enjoyed more because that's part of our podcast but both shows are still really good and you you truthfully do not like just because you say one bad thing about AEW or you say one bad thing about NXT doesn't mean you are on that side like you could just be a fan of both and enjoy them both like don't you don't have to pick sides, everybody. You exactly. really don't. I'm on the side of wrestling, and more importantly, good wrestling, which is what Wednesday night is. Which is why we're doing this, because we yeah. have so much fun talking about it compared to some of the other stuff we have to talk about. Yeah, I, I'm on the side of whatever makes me feel like a valuable, uh, valuable use of my time. And that that is both NXT and AEW. I don't feel like my time is wasted when I watch these shows and that is all I can ask for is if I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch these shows for two hours. I just want to feel like, okay, that was worth the Exactly. Which is again, why I'm enjoying like Tuesday and stuff. Cause I, I dig AEW or NWA power being so different. I like NWA power and I like AEW dark. Um, good supplemental programs to give some of the other people on TV, uh, a look, and it's just, it's a fun two hours, and now I'm going to have Impact after that. And I'm hoping that the Axis version of Impact Wrestling is going to be better than what it was, including production and everything. Because, like, on this on the This Is Impact show they did this week as an introductory special, the in-studio stuff from Axis TV looked great. And so I'm hoping that some of that new production stuff will leak its way into the normal programming and be better. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But yeah, Wednesdays are great. If if you're not having fun Wednesdays, I don't know what you're watching. No, it's, it's yeah, so. it's great. But uh, that's going to wrap Jeremy and I up for this week. We will um, gonna take a little break. We will be back next uh, Wednesday slash Thursday to break down next week's shows. So thank you guys for listening. This is the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and, of course, the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Have a good week, everybody.